Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Interesting Hour. I am your host, Justin Kupinoff, and with me, as always... Devesh Verma. Hey, everybody. This episode of The Interesting Hour is brought to you by Core Foundation. Core Foundation is a multimedia nonprofit. Check us out at cor-foundation.org. And also, this episode is brought to you by 3D Retro. They were kind enough to let us record on location for this episode, so check them out at 3dretro.com. So today, we got Christian Hernandez an awesome dude who works right behind me at 3D Retro. <laughs> so he comes into the shop all the time, and uh, this this episode actually came about just because he was talking about uh, CCDC, the S- Collegiate Cyber Defense Competition. Yeah, see, I was waiting for you to say it, because I was <laughs> not even going to attempt it. Just like the dinosaur episode, I'm not going to try it. Well, I, I powered through it. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, he basically uh, went to this awesome competition. Him with, and his team. Yes, him and his team mm-hmm. went to this competition. And the more I was talking to it, him about it, the more I thought this would make a great episode. Yeah, and how people need to be a little bit more aware of their uh, their digital footprint, so to speak. Yeah, and how we're... Never safe. We're never safe. It's <laughs> so, pretty much our, our. We pretty much learn how our online security or our digital security is pretty much like a layered onion. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I think I think you two uh, had a little love connection going on there. I wouldn't uh, call it a love connection, man. I would say <laughs> admiration or maybe you know respect. <laughs> like, but he is way more knowledgeable about the stuff than I. I just dabble here and there yeah yeah and i and i don't dabble so there were times <laughs> i was sitting there twiddling my thumbs uh trying to keep up with what's going on it says the guy who was one of like, two of three doing the interview that you know builds his own computer or something like that. <laughs> no i i had many friends help me build my computer <laughs> well enough of this stuff let's get into the episode because i think this is gonna be very informative for our listeners yep yeah let's do it whoop what whoop one two three four And here we are with Christian Hernandez, IT Superman. <laughs> How's it going, Christian? Not bad, thanks. Thanks for coming out today. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, I think we should start off pretty uh, simple at first because uh, what the heck is IT? Because I hear everybody and their mother has a job in IT, and it <laughs> Every- seems like it spans so many <laughs> different uh, job uh, industries. A- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone has an IT department. Yeah. What yeah. is it? It's, that's a good one. Yeah, it's it's a huge umbrella term. It could be it, it's generically anything that has to do with working on computers for a company, for a business, or even like you know consulting, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it ranges anywhere from working on servers to just local workstations to programming to security even and uh it's anything with like electric components just pretty much as it well you know then you have electricians Ooh, okay <laughs> see okay all right so he's already schooled you i know I man it. all right so i'm just tossing the agenda out the window right now <laughs> no uh it's you're right it's been it's it's everywhere it spans a lot of different things uh my personal experience in post-production and like with movies is uh you have a, a an it department for just run like how do you like how do i say like I don't know if you know know what these are HD cam SR tapes or something like that. Like these are like huge videotape decks. They look like giant VHS tapes. Yeah. But there's engineers and there's a whole IT department just for that. But then there's a, a separate IT department just computers. There's a whole separate IT department just for programs like software. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a divvied up like that based on what I'm used to. But those are multiple IT people. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. The, but that's that's the thing that I'm curious about because it seems like in IT there's so many. 
you can narrow down your expertise to so many things. So what's what where do you come into that whole equation, man? Like Yeah, so like I have a journey. Like I'm um I'm a full time student and I've been for uh, for a while. I'm trying to finish getting my bachelor's degree. And I, I started off as just basic IT. Like if a computer's broken, I'd go and fix it. Like, oh, this uh, this person needs, you know, this application installed. So I'll go over and install that for the for the computer. Mm. And, you know, oh, this printer doesn't work. Fix the printer. So, like, the real bare bones basic IT is how I started. And that was actually my forte. That's, that was my passion. Mm. You know, I started off as a young kid building computers with my dad. My dad got me into computers. You're building, like, PC computers, like towers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, it started off as I wanted to play games as a kid. And the games wouldn't always work. So my dad's like, okay, Christian, <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to fix it. And how to make the game run. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I do think there's a huge percentage of people that got into all this stuff because they were just like building computers on their own, <laughs> wanting to play Counter-Strike or whatever. <laughs> you're, you're smiling. Dude, you're one of those people, aren't you, Justin? You've built your own computer before, haven't you? With help from friends like Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably the friend they would call to build computers, and that's happened many times. Like, hey, Christian, I bought all these components. <laughs> Can you help me build it now? Like, yeah, you know. This, yeah, this is the guy you've been talking to, Justin. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I've never built a computer. I've seen, actually, I just went to visit a friend's place. He had, like, LED compu- lights in his tower. Like, oh, yeah. He had a see-through enclosure. Nice. And he was, like, controlling it with Alexa. It's like, Alexa, change PC <laughs> to purple. And, like, the computer turned purple. Oh, God. I oh, mean, that's good. That, that's tricking it out. But anyways, uh, so you built your own PCs from, from a young age. Yeah, yeah. And, in fact, my main computer, like, I have a gaming PC. That one... I built like when I was in high school, and I just changed parts so much that it's nothing in there is original, but it's still technically the same computer. Hmm. Yeah, so I just kept upgrading that one. Wow, since high school? Since high school, yeah. That's great. So have you moved on from that, or are you still like focusing on that kind of IT work? I mean, my passion is still there, uh, but it's definitely changed and gone more towards the security side. Security yeah, for sure. And so you're still in school, right? I'm still in school. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm studying computer information technology. And at- where at? At uh, Cal State University, Northridge. Okay. Yeah. Nice. CSUN. CSUN. Yeah. CSUN. CSUN. There we go. Um, so security, we have a whole section on that. I don't want to jump too far into it, but first, actually, what kind of security do you dive into? Like, like what kind of uh, cybersecurity do you do? Yeah. So you know, we talked about IT being a huge umbrella with many things in it. Security is just that as well. Like security goes under IT. But within security, there's so much more you can specialize in. You could be a security auditor. You could be a security analyst. You could be a, a network security specialist. Uh, All of that's going over my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely like fundamentals you all have to learn in security and mm-hmm. IT as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as for like my particular one, um, I would say my specialty right now has to do with Windows security, you know, Windows operating system. Mm-hmm. And probably has to do with log managing, which is collecting data from all the computers into one central location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I've been uh, really trying to improve on. So you work with like network computers and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, for so sure. You're, you're de- that's like server-side stuff, I believe, right? Yeah, a lot of servers, okay. but it also includes workstations as well, like mm-hmm. laptops, desktops. Mm-hmm. All the everything, pretty much. I'm gonna sound like I know what I'm talking about sometimes during this episode, just because I've done some computer stuff, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. So just make sure you correct me as I keep talking. Um, no, I I, th- I remember like uh, some storage units that like uh, an Avid Unity system. They would mm-hmm. have like it's like this thing you put in a rack, like a traditional computer rack. Yeah, it's a big like RAID, and then you just have a small laptop, <laughs> and like to the side you're like. All right, I'm going to make some hard drives today, or partitions today. I'm going to yeah. Two terabytes this way, a few hundred gigabytes that way, whatever. Um, but you were 
controlling an entire server from just a tiny laptop. Yeah. There's not much expensive hardware at that end to just maintain. It's just really the server aspect. Yeah, the server side is the expensive part. And again, again you, know, you need workstations to go in and control the servers. Uh, you would almost never go into the server directly to work on it mm-hmm. unless something's really, really wrong. And for some reason, you can't connect to it. Then you actually have to walk into the server room and plug in directly. Have you been in that situation? Oh, yeah, many times. Oh, not just because I've broken things, which I have for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, initial setup, like if you, if you have a brand new server, that's how you start. You have to plug in directly mm-hmm. to get it capable so we could access it through a laptop. You know, it takes work to get there. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I dropped a term earlier. I said rated drive. Um, I should probably define that. Okay. Do you want to define that or I can talk about it? Yeah. So ARRAID is a redundant array of independent disk or inexpensive disk, depending on who you ask. (laughs) And it has different philosophies. It's either, um, it's supposed to be redundancy. So in case a hard drive dies, you have another hard drive that could pick up the pace and make sure that no data is lost. Um, There's different ways to do it. You could have it so it speeds up your computer, speeds up your server. That's uh, RAID 0. That's uh, a stripe. Um, or you can have like RAID 1, which is backup. So you have two hard drives with the exact same data on it. So in case one dies, the other one still running, you don't lose any data, that's, uh, that's mirroring. They're and just an exact copy? Yeah, an exact copy. Mm. Yeah, so like when you write, so like if you save a file, it's going to go to a hard drive. The RAID will then copy that file from one hard drive to the other mm. immediately. So you know, it's all automatic. Mm. Yeah. What, you said RAID 0, RAID 1. What about like, it goes up to like RAID 5? Where do we go? It goes up to like RAID 10, technically, yeah. or RAID 1, 0. Um, mm. Yeah, RAID 5 is like, um, it's what we, it has uh, striping and mirroring together with mm. parity. And parity means that, um, so it's usually we have more, more than two drives. You have to have three drives at least. Mm-hmm. And it works with RAID 1, where each data has. It's separate into all the hard drives. Mm-hmm. So in case you lose one hard drive, the two hard drives will still be able to run with those. Right. Uh, it has a benefit that you have speed bonus because you had to have it on more than one hard drive. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, let me load this file. Uh, you have three hard drives loading it rather than just one, so it's faster. Mm-hmm. But the benefit is if you lose a hard drive, you could buy a brand new one, plug it in, and the parity bit, which is this huge mathematical formula, It'll rewrite all the data with a mathematical formula and just build it again, as if you know the hard drive was being reconstructed. Mm-hmm. So this is a lot of servers have RAID five and RAID six. Mm-hmm. RAID six is like RAID five, but with an extra parity bit. So there's two hard drives used to store like redundancy and backup, mm-hmm. and that way you can lose up to two hard drives at the same time, and you can plug two new ones in, and then they'll restore them with all the data. Either- I thought this was really cool, just working with rated drives, especially when you're dealing with like uh, footage in post-production. Uh, this is how you just save your footage. Like This is just a very elegant way of having things backed up. Like You have a server that's just rated, and then you have your regular, like, let's see, rugged drives. Like mm-hmm. For production, you're just doing, those are just, they're not rated, they're a single drive, whatever. So uh, one thing, if someone who's listening to this, they want to do a rated drive on, or a RAID drive on their own, understand that you need multiple drives. If only it's only with RAID 0, do you get the full space capacity of those drives. Yes. So if you do RAID 1, it's let's say you have two 400 gigabyte drives, you're only going to have 400 gigabytes to play with at the end of the day if yeah. you do RAID 1 and so on so forth. So yeah, I just want to yeah, <laughs> no, bring that, that, that that's, that's <laughs> You just want to brag a little bit. No, that's, man. That's, okay. that's why you're right. No, I'm a noob when it comes to this stuff, right? So, like, when I first started... You're a noob. You well, got, I, I'm, I'm, I'm already lost. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool to talk about. I haven't talked about this in a long time. But um, uh, when I first started getting into this, 
I was just like, oh, this is going to be so cool. Like, I'm going to have, like, a terabyte of space. Like, 10 years ago when a terabyte was, like, a lot of space. Oh, yeah. The premium. Right? Yeah, exactly. The premium. <laughs> and I, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, I'm only getting, like, 400 some odd gigabytes? Like, what is this? <laughs> it's complete nerd hatred going on in my heart where it's like, oh, yeah, physics. Then, you know, all that stuff makes sense. <laughs> and I can't, I, can't, I can't force it. But, uh, no, currently, like, for the show, we have the show backed up on uh like two rugged let's see rugged drives just for portable uh production okay and then there's also i have a 48 uh terabyte tower nice at home and that's i think that has like eight drives and i forgot what it's rated but like it's oh. just it's redundant hopefully, you know I mean? hopefully rate six <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> or like, 10. yeah yeah something around there i can't remember yeah I, I, I made this like a while ago now okay. um but uh is it yeah. Is every is all these things that you guys are talking about right now? Is this like scalable? Like you're talking about for for your own personal use to like a company that has oh yeah massive like absolutely yeah okay but a company would have several what we call SANS uh, storage attached networks. They're pretty much entire servers dedicated to do nothing but storage and backups. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like it's it, you have a huge server with up to you know dozens of hard drives. And it's nothing but one huge RAID array. Hmm. And then they'll have several of those servers, the SAN servers, and each of those will be another RAID array. So one server will be arrayed to an entirely different server. Mind you, this is like a huge company yeah. to afford something like that, too. Like, mm-hmm. the, that, I, how much does a server cost? Like 100K? Or it can go anywhere from like it could go, it could 20, go. 15, 10, not a great huge one, but you can probably get something like 10k. Yeah, 20, you can. But some older ones. <laughs> you're like you're like you're like really cautious. Like yeah, <laughs> you can, you can. M- modern powerful servers could be in the millions. Yeah. Oh geez, I can't even imagine what that looks like. Yeah. Really powerful stuff. That's like that one episode of uh, Silicon Valley. You just go down to the server room, just an aisle of servers, <laughs> like just long, long aisles of servers. Yeah. And this and this is all just to keep data the information yeah. from. From losing information, right? Yep, this for is, sure. That's all it is, basically. Yeah. Like when it comes down to it. Well, that that's one part of it, you know, keeping the data and logging and everything. Another part of it is if you're if you're a company that processes stuff, you have like a website and shopping carts, a mm-hmm. huge company, then a lot of those servers are actually processing data. You know, they're handling requests, they're handling shopping carts. If someone goes buy something online, it's actually handling that transaction. Mm-hmm. So you might have like a lot of servers just to run, you know, with processors and stuff. No, no, keep talking. Yeah, and then you have other servers to save all that data, your SAN servers, and they all work together. You know, you got to have them all. For those, I don't know if you know this, but those servers that are uh, actively processing orders and stuff like that, mm-hmm. are those probably rated RAID 0, or are they probably like RAID still like 6 or something like that? Because oh. you lose speed at the higher you go, don't you? Yeah, so you lose hard drive speed, which means if you're going to write to the disk, like mm-hmm. save a file, or read from the disk, like load a file, mm-hmm. it, then you could sacrifice on speed. But mm-hmm. with those servers, they don't care so much. Because what they usually do is they have smaller storage mm-hmm. just to run the operating system. Uh, most likely it's the Linux operating system right. or Windows if they have a contract with Microsoft. Um, those, they spend all their money and time worrying about the processing power. Mm-hmm. So they'll have several physical processors, each with many cores mm-hmm. and then a lot of RAM, you know, like 100. Is that like a, the equivalent of like a, a render farm? Uh, it, it could be that, yeah. yeah. If you're rendering, you probably have some server-grade graphics cards in them, too, just to have extra production. S- sorry, hold on. A render farm is like multiple computers processing power going towards one task to try and get it done faster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It could be also called a cluster or even a supercomputer at that point. Yeah, 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 What's yeah. an example of something you'd have to be, you'd be trying to do that you would need? Me personally? No, anybody. Okay. Oh, sorry, yeah, Christian. Um, that, that, you know, for, for most companies... 
a lot of them is virtualization. Uh, you know, if a company wants to make a server, back in the day, you would buy a physical machine and install one operating system on it, and that's it. If you want another server, you have to buy another physical machine and install an operating system on that. With virtualization, you can install one operating system that would virtualize other machines, other computers. So you could have uh, like a virtual machine running Windows, another one running Linux. You could have them all on one physical box. Okay. Yeah. So how is that div- dividing up processing power from that one box then? Yeah. So it has to do with the hypervisor. The hypervisor is the operating system that mm-hmm. goes on the actual server, what we call bare bones. So bare mm-hmm. bones means that the operating system is directly on that server physically. On top of that, you have the virtual. So you can have a Windows virtual on top, you can have mm-hmm. a Linux virtual. And then, yeah, at that point, it's all, do you have enough processing power? Because mm-hmm. if one server is going to be using four cores, another server virtually is using four cores. Oh, I get it. You better have eight cores, you know, right, for right. all of them to be using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like a six core, you'll be using three cores on each or something like that. Yeah. You can allocate both to have six cores mm-hmm. each. And what happens is if one computer is, one server is using all six cores and the other one wants to use six cores, they're going to drop. It's going to use like half the cores only. Right, right. Yeah. He's got to give somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, like also for me, Justin, uh, we use render farms for uh, making deliverables or files or dailies or something like that that comes in from set. Mm. So like it takes way too long because people are impatient. Uh, it's when it's too, super high quality that you're trying to process. It's not right? just super or, high quality. Like there are, it is 4K material, but like uh, it's just, again, speed. People want it done faster and faster, so it's just... Mm. Okay, let's get a render farm and do this. It's especially used for VFX. VFX they require so much uh, processing just for uh, compositing three D images onto a screen or something like that. That those that's where you'll really see a lot of render farms, like really like hauling and just you know trying to get it done uh, fast because it's going to take. And that's basically when I when I see people editing and they're like, oh, I got to wait for it to render. It's like speeding up <laughs> oh, yeah. that exact process, uh, like, so it doesn't take as long. And depending can... on what they're rendering, yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, sometimes they're just rendering like an effect on the timeline. It's kind of like now you're just waiting on the processor, like one computer <laughs> to do that. This interview is going to be you guys explaining things to me most of the time. <laughs> no, but this is like, great. <laughs> oh, oh, we, let me see what we've answered so far. Uh, um, okay, let me, let's. I'm gonna pivot back to the what were we, our agenda here. Uh, so, cybersecurity. That means you are trying to uh, stop what people know as hackers. Yeah, that that's a part of it um, <laughs> yeah. because it's a huge umbrella. Um, that's definitely on the defensive side or the blue team side. Um, blue team. Blue team. Yeah, blue team. I'll I'll talk about that. Oh no, no we we're, yeah, that's right. That's that's later, Justin. Okay. The competition. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, in the industry, it's you know red versus blue, good bad, all that stuff. Okay. Or in, in the hacker sense, it's white hat, black hat. White hat. Yeah. Black white hat. hat means that you're a good hacker. You hack mm-hmm. for the good stuff. Black mm-hmm. hat means you, you know, like ransom people. You know, their data. Malware. Yeah, yeah. You you hack the machine. Jerks. So yeah, don't hack me. Um, don't hack me. Don't hack me. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of security professionals work to defend companies against malicious attacks from black hat individuals, people that try to break into companies and steal data and steal information to sell it or ransom it off. You know all that stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they invest a lot of uh, a lot of resources on individuals that are professional enough to keep their company safe. So. They, uh, how do they find these people? Like, do hackers just volunteer uh, this information, or do they have like competitions for this sort of thing? <laughs> <laughs> you mean how do they how do they recruit? Yeah, how do they recruit? 
I mean, it's just like any other job, you know, you, you build experience, you have a nice resume, you try to get more notches under your belt. But what kind of notches are those? It's like, yeah, you know, I hacked into a bank, hire me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, how does that work? You probably won't say that. So it's, it's kind of one of those things that's because the field is so, uh, so small, the community is small. It really is. You know, starting somewhere kind of gets a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for one, it's not a simple field where you could just jump in and start right away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's more advanced because you had to have a lot of understanding under your belt. Mm-hmm. You had to have the basic IT understanding. You had to know how a computer works. You know, mm-hmm. hard drive, RAM processor. How does that work? Mm-hmm. Um, then you had to have everything from networking. You know, what's a protocol? How does IP work? TCP/IP, all that stuff. Once you have all those fundamentals down, then you can start learning the security side of things. Like, okay, now that you know how a network packet is sent. How does encryption work? You know, how does decryption work? Um, and then from there, how about a virus? How does virus spread? How can you stop a virus? So, it yeah. just it just seems to me like that it's it, well, I guess black hats and white hats are constantly one upping each other. It's constantly getting harder. It's yeah. like how do you keep up with something like it's that? It's getting more and like, more elegant too. It's like oh yeah, they hacked the Amazon thing that got to the iTunes thing that did to this, and it's like oh yeah, oh and this is why there's an iCloud like you know security break. <laughs> That happened like four or five years ago or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, it wasn't just one platform. It was uh, security vulnerabilities on multiple platforms that people were able to piece the information together and get into your account. It was kind of stupid. It is one thing to say when it comes to white hat, black hat, you know, good, bad. Um, those professionals and malicious professionals all have the same skills. Mm. Um, if you're going to be defending a network and a company, you better know how to also break in. You better know how to hack and like find vulnerabilities because your job is to find those vulnerabilities and fix them. Uh, if you're a malicious black hatter, you're going to find those vulnerabilities and exploit them. So that's the only difference is the end goal. Mm-hmm. But the skills required are the same. It, it really is. Like If you're going to be defending a company, you better know how to break in. With great power comes great <laughs> yeah. responsibility. So like, if I'm watching uh, a TV show, mm-hmm. and it's like hacker versus hacker, white hat versus black hat. Yeah. All right? And they're like clickety-clicking, like, oh, like really fast, like, oh, he's trying to get in. Hold on. Let me just go this countermeasure, uh, counter blah, 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 whatever. Or let me run this protocol. Like, okay, like, is it really that intense? Um, <laughs> or is it like, oh, hold on, let me just type this one line of command, hit enter, and wait for it to render? You know, <laughs> or like wait to, for it to load? It's kind of all the above. Okay. In in real world scenarios, you know, it'll be dead quiet. You're just doing your normal daily task. And then all of a sudden, you find out someone's inside one of your servers. Then you could, you know, raise the alarm and full fledged defensive mode. You go in and you try everything to keep them out, kick them out. Fast camera movements and everything. <laughs> it, 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 it could be. It, mm-hmm. Real world isn't like that often. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like that if they're not prepared. So mm-hmm. if someone gets in like that and you had to then panic and rush, it means you didn't do your due diligence as the security team to like in the initial setup of, of yeah the, yeah the initial setup and even like incident response. Like you guys better have a plan already. If someone does break in, what are we gonna do? How are we going to do it? How do we follow these procedures? You know, if you're panicking, it means you didn't set all that up. You're like, oh my god, I don't know what to do. Let me just do my best. That means you weren't prepared. Hollywood. I think this is a perfect segue. I think we should get into the competition. Yeah, let's talk like about this, it. Like this, this sounds like exactly what you were telling me about about the competition. Yeah. You're in. Can you can you explain what the competition is? Sure. So it's the Collegiate Cyber Defense Competition, or CCDC for short. It's what it's known as. It's essentially a 
worst case scenario competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have colleges that could go and compete, and the colleges try to make. Um, <laughs> nice. Don't know what that was. Keep going. Sorry about that. So, like, you have colleges that go and compete, and they all try to defend a network from someone. And the premise that I like to explain it is you're hired uh, to a company, like you and your team, your team of eight. You're hired to a company that all their IT people beforehand, like, either all retired at the same time, or they all won a lottery and quit, like, all of a sudden. <laughs> This is all this is all fake. I mean, yeah, this is like yeah, it's this a is fake, fake company. Like, yes. but you're coming in as a, if you guys are all new to this company. Yeah, and it's like, well, make sure the poop doesn't hit the fan. Yeah, they're like, hey, okay, all you guys are all your eight guys are hired. Okay, here's your computers. Okay, go. And you know, the IT team beforehand was really crappy because although you have servers that are running, you have a website, you know, you have employees, nothing's running good. Everything's really bad, really broken. Um, you know, you try to open a file, the computer will crash because it's just really crap. <laughs> um, yeah. But everybody starts off on the same like level playing field. Like every, everybody's uh, like computer will crash the same way when they try to open this file like across the board. Yes. So every team or school has the same identical environment. So they have all the same users, the same servers. And the job is to make sure your company is up and running. So they have the website, make sure your website's running. That's what we call services. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a website, you have a database, you have like a DNS server, you know, all these technical stuff. And you have to make sure everything's working properly. And you get points. It's a competition. So you get graded on points and how long your servers and services stay up. Is someone like standing over your head, like uh, watching you do this stuff? Or how are you how are you getting points with this? How are you how are they keeping tally? Yeah, so they actually have like a different system just to keep track of uptime and services. Mm-hmm. Usually it's, you know, they have another machine that would ping or like a ping is just asking the server, hey, are you online? The server responds, yes, I'm online. Okay, cool. It's working. Mm-hmm. Um, another one would be it's they actually have like fake customers. So a competition has fake customers, fake employees, and fake bosses all, you know, in the role of being their, their role, playing their this, part. This is one of the parts when you were explaining it to me earlier that I would like love the most. It's like there's like some role <laughs> playing going on there. Like, yeah, this is all you're the IT team. You're the overall IT team. That means that you'll have your employee, fellow employee, call and ask, "Hey, I can't open my email. I don't know what's going on." And you had to help them. You know, you're the you're the you're the, you're the you the help center too. Right. Like, okay, miss, uh, how can I help you? Like, have you tried logging off, logging off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Restarting. Have you tried restarting the <laughs> yeah, program? Yeah, and or? a lot of the time it's like that. You know, the joke is real. Like, the reason I have jokes about it is it really does work a lot of the times. Oh, man, I, my dad is like, oh, sorry, dad, about this if you're listening to this episode. But it's like, <laughs> did you turn it off and turn it back on? <laughs> Great. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Or give it a little Fonzie hit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> give it a little love. Give it a little love tap. Yeah. But sorry, go so, so you have employees that need help doing your thing. Uh, you also have customers. So like, hey, I'm trying to purchase your product. When I click to add to cart, you know, on the website, it gives this error and I don't know what's going on. Mm. Okay, miss, uh, let me let me help you. You have to be a professional, help them too. And then you have your boss calling down. It's like, hey, uh, I need this service spin up or I need this done. That's what we call injects. An inject is a a business request from the upper management to do mm-hmm. something. It's like a task given to your team. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to earn points, doing injects, completing tasks. You get points for helping the customers and the employees, what we call orange team. The orange team is like the people that play that role. Okay. So there's different teams, yeah. So right. the way the environment works is you're the blue team. 
mm-hmm. you are the competitors defending the network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the orange team, the, the customers, the employees, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then this is the fun part is the red team. The red team is the people that are hired by the competition sponsors mm-hmm. and they hack you essentially. So, so while you're doing all this stuff for your boss, for your employees, for your customers, you're being hacked all at that same time. Okay. Yeah. And That's it, fun. And, and the whole point is to be, this whole competition is supposed to simulate the absolute worst case scenario in a business environment. It's supposed to be completely chaos. And it's just supposed to test you to say, hey, this is like the worst day you could ever have in the security <laughs> realm. Let's see how you do. But, but they, and they hire these people from outside, like to just come in and ha- try to hack you guys for two days. It's a two day competition. It's a two day competition. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a lot of these people, uh, these pen testers, they are from companies that sponsor the competition. You know, it, you know, they need sponsorship to make sure it runs to you know help build the servers and all that. Uh, a lot of companies you've heard of Uber is a sponsor. Um, uh, recently, Disney became a sponsor, a platinum sponsor. So, like, you know, if a company pays more money, platinum, yeah, platinum sponsor, which means they pay like a lot of money to the competition. Going platinum, yeah. <laughs> so every computer had a Mickey Mouse head on it. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. So the Disney was at nationals. Um, there's two. There's two competitions. You have your regionals, and then if you win your regionals, you go to nationals. Which you did win. We won. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, me and my team, we won our last year, the 2017-2018 competition. Nice. Uh, we beat regionals and uh, second time winning in a row actually congratulations we won the year before that too wow yeah so that was fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it, it feels good to you know be recognized for being amazing but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot to get there of course but yeah it's pretty much red versus blue hackers versus you know the professional hackers versus university students essentially and then an orange team on the side just kind of doing their own thing yeah orange team you know giving you trouble uh you have the white team which is the judges uh mm-hmm. they're the one and the referees making sure that you guys aren't breaking the rules you guys aren't doing stuff illegally in a competition to give you unfair advantage oh what's a what, what do you mean by like uh, yeah breaking the rules or so one of the rules um is you can't bring in your own personal devices you can't bring okay. in your own usb drives you can't bring in your own laptops you can't even bring in a cell phone to the competition because okay. then you guys could have like preloaded files or scripts that could pretty much automate okay. everything really easily. Yeah. But wouldn't that be more real world or? It would be. You're uh-huh. absolutely right. But they don't want to make it too easy for you. Okay. Yeah. In the, in the real world, they'll probably be have files and scripts to like fix stuff automatically. So it's def- like you're saying, unless you were completely unprepared. Yes. That's the only, that's the only time you see something that happens in a TV show or like. Bad Robot season one, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty. I like Bad Robot. Okay, it's a good show. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. They're talking yeah. about dad files in the first like few episodes. I'm like, I know what a dad file is. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but I know of it. <laughs> but you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. Um, so okay, so you have these scripts pre-made. Is there these are custom-made scripts? Like these are something you would write personally that yeah. you just kind of saved off to the side, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this is my, this is my ace up my sleeve yeah like yeah this, this code will destroy anything that tries to touch me yeah it, it could like you could write a script good enough that it could secure everything you need to in, in one go but, but that's what you can't use that's why you can't use yeah, it yeah. now there is a workaround mm-hmm. you can't bring in electronic devices but you could bring in physical prints so papers printed books you could bring all that in so if you want to type out your script and print it like all ten pages of it. You just you, re- yeah, type it up. You could actually type. You could take if you want to take the time to type it back up. You can, but if it takes you an hour, oh boy, you know that's a it's a lot of time. Oh, oh, sorry, what what are the team sizes? 
The uh, team sizes, okay. yeah. So the team is comprised of eight people. So eight people go and represent a university or school. It could be junior colleges too, so any college. Mm-hmm. Um, eight people compete. They have four alternates, so people, four people as a backup. And yeah, they just go at it. And each, at least in the Western region, we have uh, 10, no, eight schools, sorry. Eight schools compete regionally. So like last year, like uh, this is Cal State Northridge. Uh, you have Cal Poly Pomona, you know, you have Berkeley, you have Sam all the Bay. engineers and all the Yeah, uh, yeah. And you have a few junior colleges that made it to the um pass the qualifiers to mm-hmm. compete. And yeah, you all have to do your job and the winner is pretty much who has the most points at the end. And you're just like, Yeah, two years in a row. You're, you're <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's very simple saying it, but this is like as soon as you sit down, it's fire, it's chaos. No, it, uh, it, it definitely sounds like that. It looks like what it is in Hollywood, just like, you know, frantically typing on keyboards, running around to different computers and workstations and, you know, banging your head like, oh, no, they got in. Like, oh, they got us, you know. Do they give you, like, dormitories? Like, why? It's, it's, you said it's a two-day event. It's a two-day competition, yeah. Uh, for the last two years I've been to it, it's been held at Cal Poly Pomona. Mm-hmm. And they have a hotel on campus, so they give us all hotel rooms. Oh, wow, that's Yeah, really nice. it's all paid. It's all nice. Now, the real nice part is mm-hmm. going to Nationals was at uh, Orlando, Florida. At the Disney Resort. Oh, nice. Because Disney was a platinum sponsor, we all stayed at the Disney Resort. They all did have Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. <laughs> we did, yeah. People came in wearing all the Disney stuff competing. And I would too, man. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's exciting, actually. Yeah. yeah. It felt like a VIP being there. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. But aside from uh, the sponsors, one thing you were telling me is that uh, like the like some people from the government will come to these things, right? And yeah. like check it out and sometimes they'll be scouting for, yeah. for people or something. Yeah, there right? are a lot of three-letter agencies are there also as sponsors. For example, Holm Security is also a sponsor of the event. They actually pay, you know, money to help support the event. And they're there recruiting. And, you know, after the competition's over, before they announce the winners, you get to meet and greet all these companies and pass out resumes and talk to them and try to get jobs and learn about the field. You know, because the thing about security is they want to establish the the community aspect of it. You know, there there are some big leaders in the in the industry, and it's really good to know each other because the community is really small. So meeting these people, you see them again at other events or other stuff. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, the NSA is there, Holland uh, Security, um, FBI used to be there. In fact, I think the FBI is one of the co-founders of the event itself of the competition. Oh wow! Yeah, um, yeah, and they're all there recruiting. You know, if you want to submit your resume. They're there. They'll take it. Wow. Yeah. It's a it's a schmoozy event. Sounds I, like. I have a tangent question for you regarding this. Sure. Uh, do you know internationally, like which countries are giving like the, the most lucrative jobs for cybersecurity specialists? Like you're you're you're, you know, yeah. aspiring to be. <laughs> so it it depends if you want to be like defense or offense. Okay. Um, uh, USA is actually pretty good. In this, uh, USA is a leader of technology in the country. People will say otherwise, but all the major companies, the American uh, Intel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Apple, Microsoft, mm-hmm. Amazon, they're all American companies, all based here. Um, you do have a lot of stuff for other countries that happen. Like, uh, it, it, from my experience, when it comes to like attacking, uh, Russia is really big. <laughs> Russia does attack other countries, and I, I've worked in a few places I've been to, and you can see that traffic. Like, all oh, Russia's hitting us again. Or if even North Korea. Couldn't it be misguided traffic that you're looking at? Yeah, it could have, yeah. 
Obviously, it's, it's Russia. Yeah, it could, but like a lot of this time is like if someone from let's say India wants to hack you, mm-hmm. they could fake your location to look like it's coming from Russia. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. it's like oh Russia again. You know, it could be anyone else. Okay, can you, is it hard to decode that like the true authentic point of origin? It is. Yeah, for one, to find a point of origin is based on what we call IP location. Mm-hmm. So we an, an IP address is has a general sense of where it came from geographically it's not accurate at all but it gives us a a good idea but you could fake your ip yeah does an ip address hold up in like court cases and stuff like that or it can yeah Mm. it it definitely does they had to prove that this is your ip and then Mm. they could eventually they want to tie it down to a mac address Mm -hmm. which is like an ip address but physically for a device so can you explain a little more difference the uh, difference between ip and mac address so sure I know, like, if you're on a Mac, you go under network settings, you see Mac address, Mac yeah, address, whatever. Can you just explain what the difference is, please? So a Mac address is considered a physical address for a device. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be permanent, burned into the chip. It can't change. Mm-hmm. Of course, with software, you could change that anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a Mac address just for a physical device. Now, if a device wants to go onto the network to communicate, you know, go to YouTube or something, it has to get an IP address because the IP address is what's used to communicate and a network internationally, you know, it's, it's the standard. TCP IP is the actual standard uh, name. So your computer will ask the router, you know, home router, like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm on a network, can I have an IP? And then the router will be like, oh yeah, here, here's an IP. And then when you go out to the world, it will get a different IP, because you don't want to use a private one. Right. And say, hey, I want to go to YouTube. And then your router will be like, okay, here, let me, uh, here's your IP, here's our IP given to us by your ISP, you know, Time Warner. They give you an IP for your home or something. And then you just use that to go out to the world and come back. And so when your IP is being used, is it usually just going for your ISP, right? Your like whatever like Time Warner is giving that public IP out. That's what people are like looking at. Yeah, so that's your public IP. If yeah. they have your public IP, they could trace it back to your home router. Sure, and that, and and that public IP can be anything. It could be a random number. Like if you're doing your own network settings at home with your Wi-Fi router, it's. I think the typical one, at least I've always seen, is like one nine two dot one six eight dot whatever whatever whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's never shown outside your home. No, you no, know? because a private IP is just for your own internal network. Sure. When you go out to the world, we had to do something called uh, NAT, which is network address translation. Mm. It's pretty much saying, okay, like I'll get your internal one nine two address and I'll translate it to what our ISP gave us because you can't browse with that address. If you try to browse with that address, uh, you're gonna have trouble. Either it won't work. Or maybe the address is owned publicly somewhere else. Yeah, it could be reused somewhere else. Yeah, yeah like yeah. on the public domain, it could be a real address. And if you try to fake them, then, you know, you're going to knock on the door from the, <laughs> a few agencies. We, we're, I'm going to ask this later in this other section, but just real quick, uh, this what's the benefit of a, a VPN? Ah, so I mentioned earlier how you could spoof your address. A VPN is a very easy way to do that. A VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, by the way. That is correct, yeah. yeah. So a VPN, it, it has several functions. The primary function is to secure your network traffic. It's supposed to encapsulate you in what we call a secure tunnel. So say you connect to a VPN server, right? The server will encrypt everything coming out from your host machine. So if you go to facebook.com, every single point from leaving your computer to your home router to going to the ISP and then to like all that traffic it goes through to go to facebook.com or somewhere, it's all encrypted and secure. And no one can see what your real data is. Mm-hmm. And this is a good way to secure and privatize your data. It's, you know, privacy is a huge issue now and it's a hot topic. 
VPNs are, you know, there's a lot of VPNs up and coming just because people want to be secure. And I, and correct me if I'm wrong, the way I understand it with VPNs is it, you still have an address, an IP address. Everyone yeah. always has an address, but I think like just your home itself is just one single IP address yeah. when it goes out to the uh, your inner provider. Mm-hmm. That is that correct? Yeah. So okay. in, unless you're a company, you could pay for more IP addresses. Oh, really? Yeah, you that can. Money. You, you can have more. <laughs> um, in fact, you might work for a corporation that's so large. Uh, they might be an ISP themselves. Like they're actually ones that give out IP addresses. What about Apple? I I, I always read articles. Like at least a f- couple of years ago, I was reading articles where Apple was starting to distribute their own like uh, some center to distribute their own software updates. They weren't mm-hmm. relying on any other provider during their like. I remember reading articles saying that Apple's like created like a backbone of the internet just by what they built. Does that make any sense? Is that that make them have their own IP addresses like specialized that were they? Well, I, I haven't heard of that, but I, what I speculate is they probably have their own internal, uh, what we call a, I uh, say a WAN, which is a, a wide area network. So pretty much like their private network, just on the public internet. Okay. And most likely, all that is secured with VPN tunnels and encryption. Something completely complicated and complex. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty high level. It's huge. Like this could span countries. Okay. Know? Sorry to pivot like that. No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna talk about that again in a few minutes. But um, sure. so going back to uh, CCDC, yeah. Um, how do you train for it? Yeah. So this is something that has been the topic of uh, debate whether like if we say or not because I'll, this is a comp- competition, right? right? And there's been a lot of schools that try to collaborate training. Like, hey, like. I know last year Stanford wanted to have all the schools come together to train together and like give ideas on how to train. Um, a lot of schools didn't want to be a part of that because their training regimen is like their secret. You know, it's like mm. it's how they train to win. So if you tell one, hey, here's how we train, you know, it's other like schools, a sports team. It's a sports team, yeah. Mm. If you ask a sports team, okay, tell me exactly what you do to train to win, they're gonna be like, uh, no. Copy like, that. Yeah, I get lots. So cross yeah, this he, question. He out actually, completely. when when we first were talking about it, he compared it to a sports team because I was just I was surprised that you know this the the competition didn't happen that long ago, and when when is the competition held? Even I don't even know. It's usually held in March. March. Okay. So we're not that far away from it, no, but no, he's no, no. but that I was surprised that he's already going out and training again for next year. Like, yeah. This is pretty much almost like a year round thing that you guys are doing, right? Yeah, I, I will say. Um, our team in particular starts training during the summer and we train almost year long. So from a month ago until March, we're going to be constantly training. That's dedicated. Yeah. I just picture you guys doing like push-ups over like uh, a, a, a <laughs> over, laptops. Or yeah, something. over a laptop. Using the nose to click the mouse or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like we, we, we meet often. Um, we have dedicated times for an entire team to be there together to train. But we also expect our our members and competitors to go in on their own time into the, our lab and train and do the things they need to do to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I, I will say gen- uh, generally there are stuff that almost every team is going to be doing to training. Um, you know, one is learning how servers work, you know. So if you have a website, you know, we can expect a website in a competition. Mm-hmm. So you better know how a website works. So, okay, well, what runs a website? Well, let's see, uh, if you're the Linux side, you're probably running an Apache server, which is an application to run a website. Apache or Nginx, different ways to run websites. You might have a Windows server, because you know Windows servers are still a thing. Even mm-hmm. People argue that they're not great. Um, you might have well, an IIS server, which is Microsoft's way to run a website. 
And maybe you should have your team train on both. You know, mm. they had to know how to configure and run a Microsoft Windows IIS server or an Apache or an Nginx server. You know, they better know all that stuff. Oh, because I guess when you get there for the competition, you don't know what type of server you're going to be on. Yeah, no. So we can expect general things. Like we could expect to have a website or several websites during a competition. We don't know what's going to be hosting it, what operating system, if it's going to be Apache, Nginx, or it's going to be IIS. Are you knocked on points for Googling a a solution (laughs) during the competition? No. In fact, you know, everyone jokes about, you know, if you're an IT professional, you're just a Googling professional. (laughs) professional. So uh, security is no different. You know, like, oh, my God. I don't know what this is. Let me Google it really quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, this comes to the hard part now with competing during the regionals and competing during nationals. In regionals, the internet is open. You could browse any site you want to. At nationals, any website you want to have available, you had to ask them to open it on the whitelist to, to make it available for the competition. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you want to use Google.com, you have to tell the competition team, the white team, Hey, I request Google.com to be open to use. Is that just for your team or for everybody? It's for everyone. Okay. Yeah, just make it a fair playing field. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have like Windows servers and you want to look at Microsoft's official documents, you have to ask them to whitelist Microsoft.com. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's actually very specific. Yeah. So part of the training and part of the preparation is you had to know what sites you're gonna be using in advance. You know? Do you even need to know how like what Port you need to have open for like a program you're able to use, or that's not against a rule. Like if you download a program, that that wouldn't be an issue because okay. all the traffic is going to be internal. Okay. Uh, the only time you'll ever go out to the internet is to look at things to how to do anything you need for your competition. For example, if you need to make a new server, they'll have everything locally already downloaded for you. Okay. Just so you don't have to always ask for new things. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not the same, man. Like. If you need to check like a Gmail, or something like that, can yeah. you like open up <laughs> Gmail, please? That's to the yeah. my inbox. Make sure you guys send me some information. If you ask for Gmail to be open, they'll probably decline you. They say no. Really? Yeah, because if you have Gmail open, what does that mean? Oh, it means you could, you know, upload a file to it and download it during the competition. That's true, right? And that's probably not a good thing. Okay. If you if you get caught doing that, you get disqualified immediately. Wow. Yeah. Well, can we uh, just go into like your actual the national experience and like what your two days were like there and like what yeah. went on and like what was your fake company and like <laughs> what what was it like for you so for nationals um going to nationals was a great experience you know for one it's full room and board to disney resort so immediately it was already fun to begin with you know we got there we landed um and this is something every school does at the national level it's, it's you know the higher tier so we got there and the day before we you know on the day we landed we just started coming up, finalizing our training, uh, what our plan of action was going to be. Like, hey guys, if we see this, make sure we do this. You know, here's what we're going to do at first. You know, making sure everyone knows the plan for the next day, for the competition. And the environment for the competition was that you were some... Uh, uh, I'm confusing with the regionals, because the regionals, was a, they're based on video games, actually. Yeah, it was based on the most <laughs> And the truth comes out. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, um, the year before it was based on the Mass Effect. Uh, this year it was based on. Um, I got a camera to Super Pop. What's the game everyone's playing online right now? Fortnite? No, no, no. Before that, it's um, <laughs> PUBG. Uh, Minecraft. Watch. Uh, 
oh, this is really bad. I'm forgetting this. I'm having like PTSD now to the competition. Oh, no, people, everyone, people would be like, I can't believe Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah, it was based oh, on cool. Overwatch. No way. Yeah. Like, but what do you mean when you say based on Overwatch? So like the names of the servers will be like Overwatch characters. And, <laughs> you know, you'll have your, your company is based like an Overwatch. You know, you're like a pharmaceutical little virtual like virus thing you have to work on. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's just the, it's themed it's that the theme. way. Yeah, the is, theme okay. is was Overwatch like a sponsor? No, like that no, studio no. or something like that. No, they weren't in there. I don't think Blizzard's ever been a sponsor, if I remember. Because then you would have been gone free swag and that would be, cool. be pretty cool. I would have loved that. Yeah, but like the competition, you go in and you would have um, you're going blind. Like you don't know what servers, what computers you have. You go into a private room in Nationals, like a really big conference room in your your area, and you have laptops. You're, when you start, you open the laptop, power it on, see what you have to work with, and you had to kind of find everything yourself. Like, okay, let's see what servers we have, and you had to do your own discovery to find what you have to work with. Yeah, and, and you said there's no, there's no communication between teams at all. No, during, you guys aren't separate rooms. In, in Nationals, you each have your own private room with your team. Now, in Nationals, you do have a white team member, a judge, always in the room watching, mm-hmm. just to make sure that you guys aren't like breaking the rules somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they usually sit in the chair on their phone doing board or something. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then it begins and it's it's a uh, it's complete complete headache. Awesome. So what was it like? Like what was uh like can you explain to like a a a, a super noob? Me? Whatever you're allowed to explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I, what, like I, I could definitely talk about what's in a composition. There's no non-disclosure agreement for that. Cool. So what happened? What were what were you getting attacked with? What was yeah, going on? So we went in and the thing with this is when you start the red team the hackers they start at the exact same time. But the the thing is the red team and the hackers are allowed to bring in their own laptops with all the scripts pre-written. So they have uh, an advantage that you're re- you really have your hands tied behind your back for this thing, don't <laughs> yeah, you? Well, yeah, only one. You have to type with at least one. Yeah, hand. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a handicap in that sense. Um, in fact, one of the running themes in the national competition is the red team every year has a competition for how fast they can break your passwords and log into a system. Within three minutes of the competition starting, they already cracked passwords and broke into servers. What? Within three minutes. Is this like a standard setup for like any company, and no, they're just no. able to like jump in and just like completely wreak havoc? No, this is this is worst case scenario. So oh, the, the servers you're given to work with, the two Windows ninety eight. Uh, we were given ninety eight. No, we, we were given Windows two thousand three. Oh. That, that was the oldest Windows operating system we had. In fact, the year before, we were given Microsoft DOS. I feel like that was still stable. 2003, I don't know how too much <laughs> for it. No, it, it's considered really old when it's no longer supported. Microsoft doesn't support. I know, man, anymore. but these people are still running XP somewhere. Oh, yeah. Where were we given XP? <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah of course XP. you were. Real world scenario, man. <laughs> yeah, sure. real world. In real world, you will still see those servers, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, which is the scary part. Wow. Yeah. So, so you know, they, they timed themselves within three minutes, they already broke into servers. And compromise systems and stole credentials. And so it was panic it. right at the beginning. Oh, much. right away. Yeah. In fact, not not the year I competed, but the year before. One of the funny stories that I could say my team particularly had. Um, we're trying to find our authentication server, Active Directory. It's you know when you log in with the computer, it's the server that authenticates you. Like, oh yeah, they could log in. That's like the keys to the kingdom. That's like the primary server. So we're trying to find it. And like, oh, we found it. Okay, it's all, it's Windows Server 2003. Oh, no. Okay, let me log in. As soon as we logged in, another red teamer broke into that system, kicked us out of our own session, our own computer, and locked us out. 
So as fast as it took us to find it and log in, they already broke in and kicked us out. <laughs> Hands up in the air, like, okay, well, let's start doing this. Yeah, and we were, uh, our team had trouble because it took us hours to get back in. Really? Yeah, which was really bad. And and while they're in there, are they just like making a mess of the place? Like, what, you know, what are they? You would think they'd be mean all the time, but they're not. A lot of the time, they're quiet. So they get in, and they would plant seeds. What we call, or we call back doors. Mm-hmm. So, oh, to get back in later. Yeah, because they know eventually you're gonna kick them out, but they're gonna leave so many ways to get back in. So you could get back in, kick them out, but then they have like twenty back doors they made. Like what's a a back door? Like uh, how how do you, like how do you define a back door? Like what would they install so, to get back in? Uh, one popular method is a VNC. Um, which is pretty much like it, people use TeamViewer. That's a popular software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TeamViewer is VNC, where you could remote control a computer immediately. Just send, send, send for commands. a virtual network connection. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just guessed that. Yeah, probably. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know exactly what VNC stands for, so you can't quote me on that. I, one. I've used it before, like once or like three times, but I primarily use TeamViewer. I'm not sponsored by TeamViewer at all. I'm just letting you know what I use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those products that's popular. Yeah. Um, another one is they'll open up connections to SSH, which is secure shell. It's a way to just send commands and log in remotely from a computer. Um, if it's Windows-based, they'll probably open up remote desktop and they'll have it open to the world so anyone can log in, including their fellow red teamers. These are just basic programs. Yeah, these are these are basic ways to get in, but they exploit them so much that, you know, because what they'll do is, let's say they open up remote desktop or SSH, they'll lock you from changing that. Mm. So like they'll change the admin password so you can log in. But that's what I mean. They had to know the admin password then, unless it's again worst case scenario. It's just a zero zero zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that happens very often. Where worst case scenario, you know, you log in username admin with no password. Mm. So you can just type in admin, hit enter, enter, and you're logged in. And that's just trying. That yeah, that's yeah. just trying. And a lot of these times, these, these hackers uh, they have tools already to try all this automatically. Because they have the scripts already, right? right? Yeah. So how I said we could have scripts to defend our stuff really easily. They have their scripts to break stuff really easily. brute forcing your way. Brute forcing, yeah. They yeah. just kind of throw a Hail Mary and just see what they get. And, you know, uh, the, the general thing is everyone tries default credentials for the first time. Because every pod, every team has the same environment. Mm-hmm. So if they get the passwords for one team, they know that password works for every other team in school. So the red team collaborates. Like, oh, guys, I broke you know Team 7's password. Here it is. Try it on their teams you're attacking. And then, boom, everyone gets hacked. Man, okay, red team has... So, so there's, there's there's a red team for each team. Yeah, so at nationals... Okay, I didn't... I, didn't, maybe I thought I was it was just one single that. red team, too. It, it's yeah. different. In regionals, there is one red team. One okay. red team to attack everyone on their own accord. In nationals, you, are, you have four um, red teamers dedicated just to attack your particular team. Yeah, but they have a team lead, so like they also collaborate. It's like, oh, I broke into like Team Five stuff, and then like they upload it to like their own chat. And, I don't like, know why. I, I'm just picturing Red Team as like Ender's Game, but, like you know, there's some bunch <laughs> of people. And it's like, all right, that's the password for this. Use it for that group over there. All right, let's go for this team. Yeah, but I think I think to me now it makes more sense how you're saying like, you know, you may not be a black hat, but you need to know how they operate because yeah. I like uh, in these cases are. You're having to break into your own server again, and you're you're yes. using some of those tactics, you right? Have to. Yeah. So. In fact, these red teamers are professional white hats for their companies. So, for example, one team is Uber. 
you know, like one sponsor is Uber. They always send their people. And their people, they do, you know, security for the company, but during the competition, they're hacking, like real hacking. So they better know both sides. And yeah, on our side too, if we get if we get locked out of a server, if you can't break back in, then you're stuck out of it. You know, you you could do you could do we could scrub it, which means that you just wipe the server and start from scratch. Um, which I, I feel you, like you'd be disqualified at that point. No, no, that's actually that's actually a tactic. Really? Yeah. So you're allowed to scrub servers and wipe them and redo it. There's no point deduction for losing data? The point deduction comes from having downtime on the servers. So let's say this is your website and you completely wipe it. Your website's offline and you're losing points. Mm. And how long it takes you to bring the website back online is how many points you lose. Does it take a while to scrub a server? Um, no. At this point, you contact the, the black team, who is the team in charge of the physical environment and all this stuff. You say, hey, I want to scrub this or I want to redo this. And then they'll do it, and then, okay, there you go. So, like, for security, you guys don't care about retaining data at that point. You just want to get the hardware secured, people outside, out of the network or something like that. Yeah, so we're What's not... the philosophy? We're not... Our philosophy is at long-term stability of the company. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> our philosophy is... Survive. Yes, yeah, survive, survive, for, for survive for two days. That's our only philosophy. Okay, yeah, I see, like, for me, like, every time I deal with IT and stuff, it's like... We we primarily need the data recovered, so it's like if it can't get recovered, then there's no, like no point. Yeah. Now a normal strategy is mm-hmm. to have some type of data recovery because you don't always want to scrub your servers and restart. Right. Sometimes you want to make a backup of everything, so in case that machine gets compromised, instead of wiping the whole thing, you could just reinstall that program or redo the website. And if you have the files that you know are good, you could just throw them back under and overwrite all the bad stuff. That's a common tactic that every school does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Going back to CCDC, you got within three minutes you're hacked. You're all the stuff. Eight <laughs> hours later, you finally get your server back. Um, so that, that's day one. That's day one, <laughs> right? So day two, like, or like, how, like, what does that look like? How does this? When's times up? I'm air quoting. This. Oh yeah, how long? Yeah. How long like, is yeah. it per day? Uh, it's eight hours per day. So day one, eight hours. Day two, eight hours again. Okay, so like, what what marks the official end of the competition? Like, um, so when, like. Let's say if you start at eight o'clock and you know eight hours goes into like five or something. Yeah. Uh, as soon as it hits five, the judge will be okay. Stop, and everyone you know puts their hands up to make sure they're not touching the computers. And then they have like this the scoring engine, the program that calculates points that will stop. So no more points have been scored; they're saved. And then you walk out. Do you know day by day, like after the first day, do you know the scores of you and the other people? Sometimes they tell you. Sometimes they don't. A lot of times they just post it on Twitter. So people are like, <laughs> yeah, because like you know, you have companies, you know, cyber retweet yo. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a fun fact um, in the world of cybersecurity and just you know in general, Twitter is where that lives. Yeah, really. Yeah, if you want to be in cybersecurity, you better have a Twitter. Yeah, a Twitter handle. A lot of times when you apply to cybersecurity positions, they're gonna ask for your Twitter. Really? Yeah, because they want to see are you following Twitter? Because a lot of that stuff is big on there. When I what if you just post cat videos? I mean, then you know a lot of hackers do that anyway. So they they know you're nice. part of the community already. <laughs> nice. A fun story during the regionals. Um, one of the customers, the orange teamers, they were trolling and they're asking for memes. They're like, oh, like can you guys send me pictures of like cat and cat cakes? 
And what? Um, yeah, yeah. Did you send him some? Yeah, because you, <laughs> you get points for it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, because the more you do the tasks that customers give you, the more points you get. Oh my So the whole God. time we had one dedicated person we called the meme master. His job was to get all the memes for those customers. That is beautiful. You gotta play the game. It's so if, if you get points, points by getting memes. Yeah. I mean, last year they didn't do it. But Maybe there is a spot on your team for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a spot for everyone. <laughs> the dedicated memer. <laughs> So, hands up in the air. Yep. And then competition over, you walk, walk out. Walk out. And then what? You're like in the lobby? Or and then y'all hug each other, pat each other on the back. You know, you cry together because yeah. you, you, know, you got hurt really no badly. No one showered. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. It gets, it gets pretty bad sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, when do you guys find out the results? Like, how does that work? The day after. So, you're there for three days. Three days total. Yeah. Day okay. one, competition. Day two, competition. Day three is recap. And announcing a little the ceremony. Do they, yeah. have, do they have like highlight reels, like of like someone coding <laughs> and like hitting the enter button? Like, whew, yeah, like wipes their forehead. Like. They do have reels from the red team. So the red team will say, yeah. like, here we recorded a video of like one of the blue teamers, the school competitors, trying to kick us out, and like they'll they record the screens, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll just show them like trying to do something that failing, trying to fail. And sometimes they even break, they break into your webcams. So they'll even show like the, the webcam footage of it. Oh man. Yeah. Or you have like uh, uh, IP phones, VoIP phones, and they'll record audio from there. They're like, oh, look, it, we recorded the audio of the team panicking. And they'll be like, the team, you can hear them just like, oh my God, they broke it. Oh no, oh no. Like, wow. hold, move, 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 let me do it, let me do it. And, you know, like it gets to that they level. They really do have replays. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And oh, those are the best. Because you see, because <laughs> the cool part is, that's actually creepy. The red team will tell you exactly what they did and how to do it. Because the whole point is to learn. And yeah. the, the whole point is to build the next generation of cybersecurity professionals. So, of course, they'll tell you what they did and how they do it. Because they want you to be better. They want you to yeah. be good enough to work for those companies. Mm-hmm. You know, They're investing money in this competition. They want to make sure you, you get the most out of it. Wow. I got hacked once. Yeah? Yeah, when I was a kid. My friend, or at least I, an acquaintance, I should say. Yeah, I forgot what he sent me over AOL, like just email. I downloaded it. And then I just, my entire computer was like handled. Like I'm talking about like black screen. And like it was just like like ominous matrix line of code. It's like... It's like, do you? Bl- I don't even remember what he said. I was just, he made some like passive joke. I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, like my like CD ROM tray just opened up, closed. <laughs> like my computer like yeah. shut down. Like it would just do some crazy stuff. It primarily kept showing me random pictures uh, from uh, like Fight Club and like just it was a Weird. stupid virus. That's that's hilarious. I, yeah. call, I call him like, dude, my dad's trying to use a computer. Can you can you stop this, please? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure just, I've had stuff on my computer before, like viruses or whatever. That's but the only obvious. one time I've like actually mm-hmm. seen like my mouse started moving around and like clicking yeah. on stuff, and I was like, "Creepy, right?" What? Like it freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. Like I just started pulling cords out. Like I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "What do I do?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the email thing—that's a phishing, phishing attack. Phishing attack? Yeah. I mean, I was wide-eyed phishing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, you just got <laughs> hit. You know, they got lucky. I. Well, can, can we can we transition this into like because I know we're going on almost we, an hour we, here, but I want to like uh, we have questions I need to have answered still. So. Yeah, are are you okay to go a little bit longer, a little bit of over course, an hour? Because yeah. um, I, I want to get into like what what are some of the things like for normal dudes like us that that we should be looking out for, and what are, what are ways that that people can try to screw us over, like that. That the normal person's not thinking about. Yeah, and I'm still trying to figure out what IT is. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so back, back, to the back, to the back to the beginning. No, no. Like, what? What? Are, what, what? Like, how are we vulnerable right now? Like, generally. 
you know, it's kind of sad to say that you're vulnerable in every way. Like there, and it's also sad to say there's no way to be secure. I'm not talking about emotional state. <laughs> I'm talking about digital state. I don't know if we were clear about that, or is it the same answer? <laughs> same answer, okay. unfortunately. Never mind. Never oh mind. Okay. man, going into philosophy. I, yeah, I thought he was talking to my soul right now. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the things in the field is there's no such thing as being 100% secure mm-hmm. in any way. If someone wants to break in and they try hard enough, they will break in. Mm-hmm. And that's something they teach us in this competition because everyone's like, oh, we do the best to make sure we don't get broken into. It's like, hey, you're going to be hacked. Like, these guys are way better than you. Mm-hmm. You're going to get broken into. You know, mm-hmm. that's not the point of this competition. The point is to learn how to kick them out and keep them out. Mm-hmm. Um, in real life, though, you know, you, you said that you got hit with a, uh, a phishing email, you know. Um, be aware. Like, do you know this email? Did it come from someone you know? If not, just delete it. Oh, and Spam. don't you trust, like, the uh, the default name? Like, I always check, like, the sender. It's like, hey, check out this link. I'm like, all right, bro. No one's sending me an email like that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I always check the sender. Like, it may say, like, someone I know. Uh-huh. But if I, you know, hit click the down arrow and actually see the email, it's like a bunch of jar, like, garbled letters at garbleletter.net yeah, or something it's just like, something random yeah I'm like wait are you saying that the 10 million dollars I have coming from Nigeria <laughs> next week no no that's is still not... coming <laughs> okay alright <laughs> oh, no, the Nigerian prince is a real thing I was really banking yeah. on that I've talked to him dude. you're in good standing don't <laughs> okay, worry good, good. <laughs> yeah there's so many stories on people getting scammed and getting hit with that stuff um, you know it, it's scary like just having a phone on you you're at a huge risk because really? a lot of people's lives now are on your phone you know yeah. your yeah. contacts your yeah. address your Google Map history. Mm-hmm. That's um, what weirds me out. Like, there's that there is so much on just your phone. But but you're saying like it's such a small, close knit group of people. Like this community's yeah. like. So why what why what's the benefit for some guy that's just messing around to go after me as opposed to some smaller company that he could get more out of? Yeah. So this is the saving grace where a lot of people's like, how can I how could I be safe? Well, a lot of the time you will be safe because in, in real world, a hacker wouldn't care about hacking you. Mm-hmm. Like if they break into your computer, we're going to do get pictures of your dogs and your cats and that's it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not worthwhile for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the biggest security in defense is you're not, you're not worth hacking. You're not a target. Yeah. You're not a target. No, yeah. you got hit because that's what we call fishing. They literally just throw everything out there and, you know, just, just cast a line and fish. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, I got something, let something bit. Oh, mm-hmm. it's nothing. It's not worth it. You know? Okay. Th- that's, that's one way to attack. You could do spear phishing where they actually attack a specific target, like a CEO of a company. Mm-hmm. If you hack a CEO, he has, you know, he has more power. Mm-hmm. He's going to have more control of a company that you could actually maybe exploit and get into. Mm-hmm. Like uh, blackmailing type yeah, of thing? Yeah, blackmailing. It's like, hey, I have pictures of all, you know, a, a scandal or something. <laughs> Man, does it matter if you have like antivirus on your PC, on your Mac, like separate software, like McAfee or whatever? whatever security professionals will tell you that it's pointless and worthless. But the same security professionals will always tell you, just have it, just in case. Peace of mind. Just <laughs> peace of mind. Yeah, so secure, it's like those antivirus, they'll stop stuff that is known already. They'll stop stuff that is old you know, from happening. The real threat happens from things that aren't known, new exploits, new viruses that aren't detected yet. Because pretty much the way antivirus works is if it knows how a virus looks like through what we call a file or a signature, it just means that this is uh, this file is known as this. It's already a known thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll block that. If it's a brand new thing, it won't know what it is. Do aren't those known bugs actually already covered with software updates and stuff like that? Firmware updates. So when you get a firmware update or a software update, it means 
it got it already struck and hurt someone, mm-hmm. and then it, they reported that incident, and then they're like, "Oh, look, someone got hacked with this attack." Let's then make an antivirus solution to prevent it from anyone else getting hit. Mm-hmm. So when you get those virus signature updates, like on your computer, it means someone got hacked with it already. And luckily, you know, they took one for the team because <laughs> because it got hacked. Now they know how to defend against it. That's- because it got hacked, they opened up a ticket and they resolved it. Now yeah, yeah. they really took one for everyone else. <laughs> poor, poor people. I'm yeah. sorry. Tragedy of the commons. Um, okay, so like. Uh, you're saying most people are already good the way, like, is there any other like better habits they can do to better secure themselves? Yeah, there really is. Like, you know, especially what I would say like, in your day-to-day life, if you're on your phone, for example, mm-hmm. do you leave Wi-Fi on? Do you leave your Bluetooth on? Do you leave like NFC near field communication on? Because uh, your phones, you know, a lot of the time, if they have Wi-Fi on, a lot of the phones are set to automatically connect to public Wi-Fi. Because mm-hmm. your phone's always wanted to save your data. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, a Wi-Fi, let me connect to it automatically so that guy doesn't spend his data. Well, what if that access point or that Wi-Fi is someone malicious, you know? And a lot of people do this. They would go out to like Starbucks or McDonald's that have public Wi-Fi and they would sniff traffic or they'll set up what we call a rogue access point, which is like a fake Wi-Fi just for stealing data. Because people, when they go on their phone, like, oh, look, an open Wi-Fi. Let mm-hmm. me get some free internet connection. Yeah. Well, that... That Wi-Fi belongs to someone malicious trying to steal your data. What can they steal if you connect to their Wi-Fi network? Um, if you go to any website that isn't secure, that doesn't have encryption with SSL or TLS, mm-hmm. then everything is in plain text. Uh, a good example that um, my club uh, and my school does is uh, WebMD. WebMD isn't secure. So if you go to the website, everything's public, which means it's plain text. Mm-hmm. If you were to, you know, let's say, look at a medical condition you have, like, you know, like I have like a warrant on my elbow, you know, if you look it up on WebMD, someone could steal that traffic and they could see that you actually are looking up this condition. This IP is looking up that condition. Yeah, yeah, okay. they could see, and not only that, they get your MAC address, so they know exactly what device it's all plain it is. Te- okay, yeah, so all that's in plain text. Yeah, all that's in plain text is not secure, which is. One of the things, if you want to stay safe, a VPN really does help. Mm-hmm. Because if you're on a public Wi-Fi, a VPN will encrypt all the traffic, regardless if the website you're visiting is encrypted or not. What about, like, cookies? <laughs> cookies, yeah. Um, cookies could definitely be exploited. Mm-hmm. Uh, for we should explain what cookies are. Okay, no, yeah. No, not chocolate chip cookies. Those are delicious. We're not talking about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> cookies are something like you download, that gets downloaded to your computer when you visit a website. Yeah, right? they're pretty much like, you can set them like little save points for websites. Yeah. So if you These log in. These are generally good things, by the way. People would want a cookie just to have their information saved for auto login or something like that. Yeah, yeah. cookies are definitely helpful for convenience. Helpful, sorry, I should say good thing. Helpful. Yeah, it's all convenience <laughs> sake. Um, say if you log into Facebook. You don't want to log into Facebook every time you go to Facebook.com or close mm. your tab, reopen it. Mm. A cookie saves your session. It's pretty much like a small file mm. that has like saved data for specific websites. The thing is, if you have those cookies and someone steals it, breaks into the computer and gets it, then they have your entire browsing history. Okay. And they can see exactly you know, what kind of person you are. If, if you're someone that's you know, going to these specific websites, they could build a profile on you. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why privacy is a big deal. It's kind of funny. My there's also like cross advertising now. I don't know if this this is for privacy sake. Like my wife, if she like see, like I don't know searches something on Amazon, all of a sudden she sees that same product shows on up everywhere. Instagram, she's so like on everywhere, every website. And she's like, how? 
Or if she just uses her credit card. Yeah. And it's like somehow linked to it's something. It's crazy. It's, it's creeped me out a few times, man. And that I think goes to one of the questions we were going to ask about like, you know, when we, you know, when we don't read the user agreement that's 20 pages long yeah. and we just click, okay, like what exactly are we giving them access to? Because it seems like a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. And a lot of the time in that user agreement that you sign, they say, we will sell your, your uh, data to marketing. So for advertising, because, you know, companies like Amazon and all that, they get money for advertising on the website. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they sell your data. If they know you're browsing this and this and you're shopping for purses a lot, they'll sell your data to like clothing companies that sell purses because they're more likely to get a profit from you if you're interested in buying that product. Mm-hmm. So they sell your data. And like, there's a whole Facebook you know, scandal fiasco that they're selling your data and they misuse and all that. Are you talking about Cambridge Analytica? <laughs> this is just, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, Mark Zuckerberg had to go talk to uh, the Senate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was hilarious to watch. Oh, yeah, I watched the whole thing. Guys, him taking that sip of water, like a... <laughs> sweating, sweating bullets. Guys, guys, this is a serious issue, right? <laughs> but it was pretty funny. Yeah, and like, <laughs> what, what's the result is now Facebook is switching a lot more towards... Uh, making sure that you're private and your data is secure and that they won't do any misuse of your data and they change all the privacies and policies. I know, man. They removed some, like, companies. There's a lot of coverage of that after that happened. Yeah, and, you know, when a big company like Facebook gets hit, it it really changes how people view all that stuff and it makes more change happen. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about these... uh, The San Bernardino shooting that happened in California Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. Um, very tragic, obviously. Uh, how do you feel about the government that were trying to, was trying to pressure Apple to create a backdoor mm. oh, yeah. into the operating system? That was a iOS. huge topic. Yeah, so you know, legally they they got a court order, mm-hmm. which means you know by law Apple should have complied with them mm-hmm. and written that backdoor. It was basically a digital search warrant, right? Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what the FBI was asking Apple to do was not just to break into this phone, which I don't think they would have minded. Mm-hmm. I think they were asking to break into this phone and give them the keys to break into future phones. Right. I think that was the problem, right? It, it wasn't yeah. like they could just give them access, like just give them the keys to one phone. It yeah. was that they could have technically used it for anybody else they, they wanted to. Yeah. They just gave the court order first. Like Apple, Tim Cook was even saying online, like, if they would have just came up to us and talked, like the court order was unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what happened was Apple said no, they're going to yeah. defy the court. And a lot of the, a lot of companies like Google and Facebook actually backed them up. Mm-hmm. They said like, you know, this is this is a big deciding factor of what's going to happen with the industry. Mm-hmm. If the government has the power to force companies to break in, then a lot of people's private data is now at risk. Yeah. You know, privacy privacy is at risk. So. You know, they FBI ended up just not going to Apple, and you know they did. They found some, yeah. They found yeah, they, they found just a regular hacker did yeah. it for them. You know, yeah. for they just paid the guy here, break into the phone. Okay, yeah, that company got paid millions. I yeah, believe. yeah. So you know, the people didn't win. You know, Apple did a good job standing up to them. Yeah, they very my respect did that. But. That's, I mean, that's a tough one, and I I can honestly respect both sides of that conversation. Like, yeah, if this could stop more people from something like that. Why not do it? Or but the other side is like you're compromising no, everybody. Yeah, you're compromising everybody. So yeah. I yeah I have a lot of sympathy for it, but yeah. it's a good old fashioned toughie. <laughs> <laughs> so like, let's switch up to like back to like privacy and like just being make yourself more secure. Tor, 
Okay. You're familiar with Tor, right? Tor, yeah. the Tor web browser, T-O-R. The Onion Router. Uh, what was it? The Onion Router. That's the what it stands for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've actually, there, there was a, uh, a meet and greet with filmmakers and uh, professionals in other industries. I actually got to meet a person who works for Tor. Oh, nice. Uh, and she uh, is explaining, like, the uses of this, like, practical uses, not just for bad actors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, w- do you support something like Tor? Do you think, like, it's a good idea? Like, that's just end-to-end encryption. Like, that hides your IP. Like, explain what Tor is. Yes, yeah, please. Can, yeah. we, can we back so, up a second? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it stands for the Onion Rider, and the philosophy of Tor is it, it masks your IP over and over and over again. It doesn't provide um, encryption like a VPN does. Mm. All it does is it changes your IP again and again and again and again. It, it does this by kind of hopping between a network of different computers. Mm. So let's say- All over the world. All over the world, all yeah. Over the world. So let's say I'm on my laptop and I'm using Tor and you have this- Tor is like Safari or Chrome. It's or, actually Firefox, yeah. It's, it, like, it's Fire, is it, the base is Firefox? It is based on Firefox. So it is a web browser. Yeah, it is a web browser. Yeah, so, browser. Yeah, so yeah. let me backtrack. Tor is a web browser that you can download and use. And essentially the way it works is rather than just having your computer and going out to a website directly, the Tor network would, if you want to go to facebook.com, it would go from your computer to another user that's running Tor and then jump to another user running Tor. And each time you jump to a new user, you're using their IP address to go to the new place. So if I jump to, let's say you, Justin, you're using Tor, uh, my laptop, right? I go to facebook.com. It's gonna go to your what? Your computer first. And then from your IP and your computer, it's then gonna go to another computer and then use their IP and their information to go to another computer. And then this just happens constantly. Yeah. yeah. So by the time you get to facebook.com, that IP address isn't yours and they can't track you. Mm-hmm. If they want to track you, they had to they had to backtrack yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, so it's supposed to be a layer security, which is why the onion router, it's layers, you oh, know, okay. layers upon uh change in IPs. Mm-hmm. So if they backtrack it to this laptop, okay, well now they had to backtrack it again to another laptop and then from that laptop to the one that came before that. And it's just supposed to be layered security, layered uh Yeah, there, again, there's no true way to uh, secure yourself, just layers upon layers of obstacles to yeah. make it harder. Yeah, the whole point of security is make it Hard enough so it's not worth it for the person to try to attack you to bring right. in. Because people have been tracked. Yeah, they yeah. have. Government has found individuals like, what was it? Uh, was the Pirate Bay uh, creator? <laughs> the, was it over uh, Tor or was it Bitcoin Pirate, or what the, was it? The Pirate Bay is a whole other fiasco. Okay, <laughs> well, what was it? Uh, what was the other big one? Uh, Silk Road? Oh, the Silk Road. Silk Road. Dot, yeah. Or I can't say in dot com. I don't even know. No, Silk Road was a, uh, a website or mm-hmm. a, a dark website. Yeah, it, it was on the, the dude's in jail for life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know. I honestly haven't even caught up. Like, what happened with him? Like, I just he got tracked over Tor, though. I remember right. Or yeah. So initially, it's people people need to understand that Tor is open source, mm-hmm. and what open source means it means anyone can look at the source code to see how it works, and that's supposed to be a good thing. You know, in case you find a flaw in the source code or program, you could fix it, and mm-hmm. then you know everyone has that fix. White hat. Yeah, White Hat, yeah, yeah. The, the good side. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Tor was originally invented by the Navy. It's, it's a military project oh. that they eventually released to the public. And it was originally used for their agents in other countries to to communicate back home to the U.S. Undercover agents. Yeah, yeah. yeah they needed it's, a secure way. That's what this uh, woman at that, uh, that meet and greet I was talking about. Uh-huh. She was talking about how 
covert agents use Tor. Like they need Tor to safely communicate so they don't die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and also people like whistleblowers. If you're part of like a a oppressive government, you can use Tor to like get help out without the government knowing and stuff like that. Right. It's nuts. Hmm. Yeah. Um, does Tor use anything with blockchaining or anything like that, or what's what's blockchaining as far as security is concerned? Um, from my understanding, I don't have a huge uh, understanding of blockchaining, but it's supposed mm. to be a decentralized way to do. I think just cryptocurrency. Is it way. just cryptocurrency? I heard blockchain can be used for other things. I'm not sure. Probably, uh, yeah. I'm not knowledgeable in blockchaining okay. particularly to right. answer that. All right, next question. <laughs> well, let's just want to finish off with the dark web, talking a little bit about that. Oh and yeah, man. What the? Yeah, absolutely, dude. I have. I probably think of more questions that's on this list. <laughs> yeah, you know? the, the dark web is actually a really interesting part of like the of, of a network of the internet and of course in security. So it's important to know that the dark web is a part of the deep web. Mm-hmm. It's just a part. Oh, of it. I thought those terms could just be used interchangeably. Or is that... no, no, not at all. Okay, no. So the deep web is pretty much it's it is the internet, but it's the internet that you can only access with specific means. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the deep web in general is supposed to be all the data from devices that you can't access on a normal basis. Give me an example of that. Sure. Uh, one example is like if you have a camera on the network and it just it makes data. You know, it's a sending packet. It's connected. It's, it has an IP address. Everyone. Yeah, it's talking to everyone. You can't access all that stuff directly. Uh, the deep web is pretty much that layer of accessing that type of data. Is that like the equivalent of me typing an IP address to access the router settings or something like that? Or No, that'd be directly over the regular internet. Okay, so this deep web is something that you specifically need a special browser to go into? Yes, you need specialized software to access this type of data mm-hmm. and websites. Okay. And um, Tor is the most popular by far. There's different ways to do it, different mm-hmm. browsers you could use, but Tor is definitely the most used. And yeah, essentially it's just browsing the internet like under the main cover of the internet. And you can think of it as the iceberg. You know, everyone's like 10% of the iceberg is on top, 90% is underwater. Mm-hmm. You can think of the internet as the top 10% of what you see. That's the most browsed things. Okay. But there's so much other data online. That's all what we call the deep web. So the Tor is one browser to allow you to kind of you know, access that. Kind yeah, of. to kind of go in there, you know, to, to, in layman's terms, to so go mm-hmm. in there and start using that stuff. And other companies like Facebook now even have dedicated sites on the dark web. So if you want to use Facebook securely and anonymously, you could use that on the dark web. They actually support a full website. Oh my goodness, wow. Yeah. Okay. The, the premise of the deep web isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Now, it just so happens that in the deep web, you have sites that are bad, malicious. For example, the Silk Road, right. you know, from that site, you could you know buy drugs or hire hitmen. Yeah, I was reading that. Yeah, it, it was a really, really big site. And... That's considered the dark web because it's bad inherently. It's malicious. Oh, okay. Got it. So dark web, malicious. Yes. Deep web is just everything. Yeah. So okay. the accumulation of all the dark sites, all the bad sites, that's the deep, that, that, that's the dark web of it. It just so happens it's in the deep web. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Just like in real real world, the internet, you have good sites and you have you know bad sites you don't want to visit. Right, you know, right, right. I, had no idea a, I didn't know that was a differentiation between the two. Yeah. Well, dark. can you, like... Uh, are you more vulnerable when you're going on the dark web and you're going to these websites? Like, you, it's, it, not, it's not the same as just browsing it's, the no, regular it, internet. You know, like, it's not the same. You can't just Google where you want to go. You have to kind of know where to go. There are sites that could have like a list of deep web sites. You know, and the, the hard part is the URLs aren't like Facebook.com. It's a bunch of scrambled letters 
dots, a bunch of other scrabble yeah. letters. I, 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 okay, so I've checked this out. Mm-hmm. I looked at it. Um, and I, my browsing on Tor, using Tor only lasted probably like 10 minutes just because yeah. I had no idea where to go. <laughs> like, they had a dedicated search engine. You're like, you're not supposed to use Google. Like, they, I forgot what it was, like an onion search. Uh, yeah, engine. they have their onion search. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, that's what you're supposed to use. Um, and I remember they gave a, a guide on the Tor, whatever you download the Tor package, there's like, mm-hmm. a, there's like a, a link to go f- that shows you a bunch of other links to go to. And I'm like, I don't get yeah, this. A lot of it and is, a lot of it is jumping. Stuff, and a lot of the stuff, and I saw this on the, on the links, that, that there were some of the legal stuff, and I was like, oh, God, I can't, I can't close. Yeah. <laughs> it's just no. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the time, communities will make their own wikis just mm-hmm. to have links to other sites. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you want to shop online, here are some deep websites. If mm-hmm. you want to, like, look at videos or something, here's some uh, deep web links for that. You know, back then it's like if you're gonna buy drugs, you know, here's here's circle. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's a lot of stuff like uh, I think there's a lot of uh, lure and also like fear of the deep web or just browsing the deep web because like even when I was downloading Tor, I was like, oh, the government's tracking every IP that's going to the Tor's website to download the thing. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna download it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna see what this is. Yeah, like. well, now you know because the Navy yeah. developed Tor, and wow. now now it's a public open domain, so anyone can work on it and improve on it. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm Is too it, ignorant to use it. I would have a vi- like my computer would be walking around trying to kill me. <laughs> Dude, I, I tried to jailbreak my iPhone back in the day. Like I had like I got to the point of just like checking out what it was like, and then I had no idea how to install anything. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go back to my <laughs> like the gold master safe like, space. The safe yeah. space, exactly. <laughs> so it, it, that only that took me like a 45 minute install, and I only used it for 10 minutes, and then I just reinstalled the other thing. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, it has very particularly. It's a particular use for people, not everyone. See, if I had someone like it. you to talk to you on the regular, I'd be like, I just, what do I do now? Like, what kind of command line do I have to answer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you had a favorite and least favorite question for this episode. Mm-hmm. I have one. Do it. Can I ask that? Yeah. Do, is there any other questions we need to ask? Dude, I think we're... <sighs> My, my brain's a little bit uh, bruised. Raid zero, but, uh, you get the full space. He, he's, get, <laughs> get he's, he's, still, he's still on IT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> All right, I, I, this is normally Justin's question, but today I want to ask the question. We have a least uh, favorite and least favorite question we ask all the guests okay. pertaining their uh, profession. Um, this is kind of lame, but I had to know. Out of all the operating systems that you worked with, what's your most favorite and what's your least favorite and why? <laughs> I'm about to lose the respect of every cybersecurity professional right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you gotta plead the fifth? Yeah, you you know, the like, fifth. I'm just gonna go out straight. I like Windows 10. You, know? you like Windows 10? I like Windows 10, yeah. Okay. And I'm, everyone's like clenching, like, no, no. <laughs> everyone's like, no, use Linux, you know, like open source, freedom. They're yelling <laughs> at their phones. <laughs> you know, um, why, Christian, why? <laughs> It's because, you know, as a kid, I had Windows computers is what I worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, all the stuff I trained on has been on Windows. Up until, like, going to my university, I've never used Linux until I had to start learning mm-hmm. for my classes and for my competition and all that. And I, I'm definitely weaker in the Linux side. And Linux is just a normal operating system. It's an open source, you know, free operating systems. Um, I've used them before. I've had them on my laptop. I ran it multiple times. And... I'm comfortable enough with it where I could do what I need to, but it's just the ease of use, especially for classes, you know, taking notes and doing everything I need to. Um, a Windows computer was just a lot more what I needed. So I'm sticking with Windows. Mm-hmm. And plus, on the security side, I've invested a lot more of my time learning Windows security mm-hmm. and learning a lot more on like system administration on the Windows side. 
and just something I'm a lot more comfortable with and something I could secure better. I could secure my Windows computer better than I could secure a Linux, a Linux computer. So does that mean your least favorite is Linux or? <laughs> well, I don't want to say all of Linux because yeah. Linux is not just one operating system. Mm. It's many flavors of Linux. And are many we talking versions. about Ubuntu or what are we talking about? Ubuntu is, yeah, Ubuntu yeah. is a big one. It's, it's the biggest one right now. Mm. Um, so my yes. Sorry, about, Justin. He's like totally upset right now. He has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. Are you asking about my least favorite yeah, operating your least system? Favorite operating system. Man, that's a hard one. Um, you can you can pick a specific version too, but just for fun, let's not pick Windows. Okay, not Windows. I'm, I'm about to lose the respect of all my peers again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my least favorite Linux operating system. Well, you said just not Windows. Yeah. Um, Solaris is pretty bad because it's just Unix based and really old and outdated. Mm -hmm. And I know my professor is going to be pulling his hair out. <laughs> no, he's not hair anymore, actually. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'll, uh, Solaris, because I don't have much practice with it, mm -hmm. but I'll probably just say Gen 2. Gen 2. Yeah. Because yeah. in order to install it, it's such a challenge. Like, it, the running joke is like if you could install Gentoo, you know, then you're at a certain level of Linux that you, you're up there, you know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I don't claim to be that that level of Linux using. So for now, it's my least favorite system because That's I can't so even install it. <laughs> Actually, now I had a, a follow up question for you. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, I forgot. Oh well, it'll come back. It'll come back later. And random, I just want to know real quick in your team at CCDC, mm -hmm. what was the average typing speed for everybody? The average typing speed. Yeah, like where people like clickety click or just like you know forty <laughs> words per sec or per minute. I will tell you, no one in our team cannot uh, touch type. So like they always, uh, sorry, no one in my team has to look at the keyboard when they type. Everyone yeah. could touch type. Uh -huh. um, as for like the average, I don't know, between like I would say sixty to ninety. Okay. Yeah, the people that work in the command line, so more the Linux users. Uh, they type a lot more mm. because they only have a command line to work with. People on my team on the Windows side, uh, you know, we have buttons and you know mouses to work with. <laughs> I used to work with a coder, and when he, when he jumped on the Windows machine, like he never used a mouse. Like he'd just be like few keystrokes, and he was in the command line, loaded something up, and yeah. he already did something. Yeah, and, like, and, and true professionals would know how to do everything on the command line, even on the Windows side. You mm -hmm. know, you should be able to do everything through. Uh, the CMD, the command prompt, or mm. through PowerShell. And of course, the Linux, then all through your bash terminal. I remember my question. Yeah. Why do people hate Macs in IT world versus PCs? <laughs> in all honesty, I think. Not even in IT world, just saying. Just, oh, okay, Justin. <laughs> in all honesty, I think people hate Macs just because of Apple and their philosophy and how. Closed much, system. You know, yeah. a lot of security people actually use Macs. Mm hmm. Because it, you can't deny it's a stable operating system, and you can't deny that physically the machines are built well. Yeah, you know, Apple has good architecture and designs and engineering. Mm. Um, yeah, but make sure you can't upgrade your system at all. Like I can't. You're talking about using a computer you built in high school. Yeah, and being yeah. able to upgrade it. No, Try doing that with a Mac. You can't. No, and <laughs> this is why people dislike it is because Apple is so controlling with everything. The hardware is specific to Apple. You can't just buy anything. For like any hard drive part, it has to be any, approved, and you yeah, have to be able it has to, get to be to Apple it. certified. It has to be compatible with them, and a lot of the times you can't do it yourself. You have to take it to an Apple store to have them do it. Yeah, because yeah. you can't just reinstall your operating system on a on an Apple workstation. You have to you know pay for it again or to update it or take it to somewhere else because mm. the operating system isn't you know available to download 
and install and just use on your own terms. It's not like that. You have to do it through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have so much control, which is good and bad, you know. So P- when you're a PC user, you have much more freedom to control the finer things. Compared to Mac, yes, you have a lot more freedom on a PC. You mm-hmm. know, compared to Linux, no. You know, Linux is on you. If you want to delete your whole hard drive by and accident, there you go. You know? my, my whole experience on Linux is like very manual. You know, I mean, every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. some people love that. You know? you know, it's great. Like if you want, to have, that's the thing. Like you're talking about control, right? Mm-hmm. Like with Macs and stuff like that. I feel like there's a lot more freedom on PCs, but then. You really, really need to want control to be using Linux all the time. Like you yeah. need to like really want. When I switched from PC to Mac, I was I found myself on a Saturday not knowing what to do because I didn't have to run maintenance on my computer. Like I didn't have to defrag <laughs> or something like that. You know yeah. what I, mean? I was like, well, that's just a whole different chore that I don't have to do anymore. But you have to do more of it when you the further deeper you go, like Gen two, yeah, or something like that. Um, anyways, no, that was all my questions. I got them all in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good uh, man. Yeah. Well, Christian, thanks so much, man, for coming in and doing this interview, dude. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. It was guys. amazing. Even yeah. though half of it went over my head. Hey, <laughs> I know that there's kids out there younger than me that will just, you know, yeah, be yeah. eating this stuff up. So they're like, "Oh, be quiet, Justin. I'm trying to hear." <laughs> <laughs> be quiet, Devesh. No, man. Uh, good luck next year. Uh, you're training hard, so I yeah. hope you go for three in a row. Thank you. That'll be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you get like gold rings or anything like that? Can you like bling it out? Oh, actually, I'll show you. Um, we did get. Uh, Cyber challenge coins. Do you know what challenge coins are? No, no, no. It's like a military tradition where, like, if you pass a certain thing, you get like uh, nice coins. Um, oh my good! Wow. Yeah. So that one was actually what? That's a Walmart Ooh. one. Oh, that's awesome. We'll uh, get a picture of that. We'll put it on. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Stuff. That one's for Cyber Patriot, which is like the high school level CCDC, and this one's actually the one for CCDC. Oh, you got a Disney, you got a Mickey yeah, Mouse one, man. It's Disney Mickey, all that. That's stuff. pretty cool. We gotta show these online. The, the platinum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so great. Platinum, huh? So I carry them all here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Get these on gold chains, man. Just wear them all the time. Bling. <laughs> or like a medallion, like yeah, a military thing. Yeah, yeah right. Just wear them on your suit. Let's just do your uniform for next year. Your whole team. <laughs> that would be nice. The whole military thing. <laughs> Anyways, thanks a lot, Christian. We appreciate it. Anytime. Oh, right. wait. Uh, is there uh, a website that people can check out for CCDC? Oh, uh, yeah. For CCDC, uh, they have their own public site. Just, just Google search them. Just just search. Uh, well, the Collegiate Cyber Defense Competition. CCDC right. might get you something else. Is there anything that people can do to support your team, particu- particularly? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, um, I'm I'm the president of the Cybersecurity Club for my university, mm-hmm. which is Layer Eight, based at Cal State Northridge. Uh, we have our website, csunlayer8.com. So if you want to check us out, see what we do, you can go to our website. You can contact us through there, and you know, just help us out. You know, we're always looking for sponsorship because we're always looking for like for money to help you know build servers and buy stuff just to keep practicing on. So. Awesome, man. Keep yep. hacking into. Yeah, keep hacking into. <laughs> Essentially. Right. Very cool. All right, well, thank you. Appreciate thank- it. All right, no problem. Peace. That guy has a bright future ahead of him. I believe it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I had a little fun talking to him, a little a little tech here and there. Oh, oh, did you? Yeah, a little, I, I uh, couldn't tell. Like a little raid zero here, a little uh, raid one there. <laughs> <laughs> Still not sure if I know exactly what that means. It's, but. Just, the, it's, it's, it's just redundancy, my friend. Redundancy. All right. That's really what it is. Okay, but uh, no, I, I Christian that was really cool of him to come down and you know 3D retro and the the atmosphere was just pretty cool. Yeah, being um, surrounded by toys, <laughs> being surrounded by toys, talking about the deep web. Oh my god! Remember everybody, deep web. Stay away. <laughs> no, no, no. Deep web is you, that's fine. You can nope. see dark web is what you want. Not to stay for away me. From. I'm staying away from is all, it all of it. Of it? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm using a stone tablet from now on. That's that's all I'm using. You need what was it? Uh, and 
an air computer or what was it called? Uh, those computers that like have an air gap computer. That's what it's called, where it never connects to the internet. No, oh. that those are like extra secure computers and stuff. Sounds boring. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, guys, I hope uh, you found some useful information. You learned a thing or two about your devices and uh, how you browse the web. Uh, yeah, you got to check out if you want to support Christian and his team. Uh, they are training for CCDC next year, so check them out at uh, csunlayer8.com. That's no dots or spaces. That's csunlayer8, uh, the number eight dot com. Um, and yeah, like they're always looking for sponsors. So yeah, help them out. Um, and Justin, thanks for arranging this. That was pretty cool. I yeah. can't believe you guys just randomly started talking and it's like, oh, by the way, I know everything you do online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was great when we started talking. I knew it had to be an episode. So. That's cool. Um, yeah, guys, this episode of the interesting hours brought to you by core foundation. Check us out at cor-foundation.org and also 3d retro. Check them out at 3d retro. Dot com. Get some toys. Get some toys. And don't forget, csunlayer8.com. <gasps> Three people. All right. Take care, guys. See you next time. Woo.